yo, 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 what's good? How did scan? Um, Andy and Woody back for uh, episode two of the Supercoach. Um, I don't know what we're calling this, Supercoach special. There it is. Um, yeah, we are. How, how many hours? About four hours from the first bounce. Um, this this uh, podcast is we're scrambling, Woody, and we're scrambling with our Supercoach team. So uh, how are you going? Episode two. Didn't think we'd make it this far, but hey, how are you? No, very impressed that we've managed to make it this far with a little bit of traction too, with some surprise, surprisingly positive reviews to start off with. But yes, scrambling, very apt way to put what we're doing at the moment. I think the the listeners at the moment, if they do catch this before teams and before the first bounce are going to be in a very similar spot. But it's exciting, isn't it, in the sense to have a year where we're not all picking the same two rucks, the same six forwards and the same seven midfielders. So we've been crying out for something a little bit, a little bit different, especially those that come from the draft formats where it's more unique. I think this year's a chance to chance to really show that, show that knowledge off. Yeah. Well, I kind of wish we could go back to the old times because <laughs> it's really hard this year, but um, yeah. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the FB addicts on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Uh, check out what it's mainly been Joel and Frank doing the NFL podcast, and me and Witty got relegated to the AFL Super Coach. But um, this time of year, it's what I'd rather be talking about. So, James, big news came out yesterday. Elliot Yo, old man calf problems. He's out for round one. Um, hard to say. I'm surprised. Better happening now than later, as uh, co-host. You was it you or Joel said in the group chat? Anyway, one of you said it. Um, how has this impacted your team? Did you have Elliot Yo? Is he out? What have you done? No, so that one was Joel. Very much uh, not a problem for me. Uh, to say that we saw this coming is probably the understatement of the century. Really massive injury history, old man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yeah, he left my team a good couple of weeks ago briefly flirted with bringing him back in but after Jonesy's performance against my Kangas it seemed like a pretty a pretty obvious swap save 100k not as injury prone just had a year off should be fresher so it didn't impact my team but I guess it's only impacting it in the sense that everybody else has got out of having to put up with trading him after round one so for selfish reasons, it almost would have been better had this happened after everyone had started him. But obviously, we don't wish injury on anybody and hope he gets back soon. But has this, let me put a question to you, has this dissuaded you from picking him later down the line if he comes out round two, round three, couple of tons? What word was that? That was fantastic for the podcast. Dissuade, dissuaded is the word. Jeez, that's Let's, a... I'll, 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 put, I'll put it in. Plain English. Does this put you off picking him in the future? <laughs> That's uh, too much intelligence for this podcast. <laughs> but um, it has thrown me a little bit. I actually moved him out for Jordan Ridley, who we'll probably talk about later, as a uh, riser of the preseason games. Um, but yeah, it kind of just reminded you how old and injury prone Elliot Yogi is, and it kind of um. Disassuaded, disassuaded, disawaited from me from that five as well. Um, so yeah, I got rid of both old men with chronic injuries and you know broken bones everywhere. So 
Um, another one, Jack Bowes, calf injury won't play, isn't named for the Cats in round one. Um, you know, round one teams aren't out yet, but they'll be out in about three hours. But these are just the uh, whispers from the bushes that um, we are getting. So those two are out. We both didn't have Jack Bowes anyway. Um, but yeah, you're not touching Elliot Yo with the 10 foot pole, I'm guessing. Certainly not at this stage. I think it would take an intervention by way of injury to somebody else, ironically enough, for me to sort of consider picking him. Uh, awkward price as well. It'd be very difficult to go now with what I've done with my team to go back to him, finding the money from a, say, a Jones, does he knee or whatever, you know, knock on wood, he doesn't. But if that were to happen, it'd be very difficult to get back to him. With Bose, I think that there's, I was surprised to hear firstly that he picked up an injury, but I think there is scope for if he comes out and has the role that we think he will, floating through the mids a bit and then obviously with these more traditional half-back stuff, that there's scope to bring him in later, but I don't think that I don't think that he was one on too many radars to start the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so listeners, take Elliot Yo out of your teams um, and try to get in Liam Jones or Jordan Ridley, which is what we have both done. Next bit of news, James, Tom Campbell Soups, the Campbell Soups, uh, rumoured to be named with <laughs> Rowan Marshall. Um, a lot of people on Twitter are freaking out. Um, my take is personally, I couldn't really care. Like, Rowan, sexy Rowan Marshall in your team. 155 points in the preseason game. Took the P1 double five. Um, yeah, are you the same or how are you seeing that uh, rumour? Uh, exactly the same. Yeah, I think he's played at both of our clubs and there's a reason he's no longer at both of our clubs. Uh, yeah, not not overly worried about that. I think obviously not having CBAs, especially for Sexy Rowan, has been a problem in the past, but I can't see it being a major. Put it this way, he's no Paddy Ryder. He's certainly not going to take away from him in the sense that, or in the manner that he did. And I certainly think that, especially at his ownership, I think it'd be up over 50% at the moment. Um, certainly not something to put you off picking him. Sorry, I just completely forgot <laughs> that Tom Campbell played <laughs> the dogs in the Oh, he sucks so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, back on track. Uh, rookies that have been named with, um, I'm just going to list them all and then you tell me yes, no, in your starting team so listeners can get a a, uh, a gauge of it. So the Blues named Oliver Hollands and Lockie Cowan, both named on the field on the little AFL app, which is good. Um, wing for Hollands and then halfback flank for Lockie Cowan. You starting these two, both one. Where are you going here? So one, Cowan starting. So... Hollands, I like the look of, but financially can't quite work that one in. And, uh, yeah, if it was between Phillips and Hollands, which looking at my team, structure-wise and money-wise it would be, I think Phillips is the not only the better pick in terms of player and role this year, but in terms of ownership and not missing out on potential cash gen that everybody else is going to get. Yep, so Lock, Lockie Cowan, 117k defender into your... Defensive benches. Uh, Harry Shazil, 
you starting him? 198k forward from your kangaroos. Harry Sheezer, yes. He's locked, locked in, throw away the key. Don't care where we play him, get him in your team. Going to be an absolute superstar going forward. Put your house on that one. Roll is a little bit of a concern, but in terms of forward rookies, the depth just isn't there anyway, uh, especially with ones that we can start on field with any sort of confidence. So, yeah, it would be – it's a bit of money, but I'd be forking out for it to to get him in in your teams. Also, a quick plug, uh, follow me on the Twitter at AndyFBAddicts. Uh, I've been putting Supercoach polls out, James, and uh, Harry Sheasel was – involved in one of them so uh, give them a vote check them out might help you out with your decisions um now we got a west coast three pack noah long 117k mid forward campbell chesser 123k defender mid and our boy ruben gimby i don't know if he's our boy but we're just going to claim him uh, 171k mid defender as well um noah long didn't play in the Preseason game, but Gimby scored 99, Chesser 34. Um, which of these three are you picking into your side? So the two that pretty much everybody seems to have, Gimby, Chesser, both look really good. Both look like they're going to get opportunities. And, yeah, haven't had a look at Long. As we, as we said, didn't play in the practice match. So could be a watch. Could be one to bring in on the bubble round three if others don't perform. But for now, wouldn't be one I'd pick off pick off coming in blind basically so just the just the two big boys for now um moving on judd mcvee uh if he walked in my dorm room right now i probably wouldn't know who he is um 123k defender mid from melbourne boo i hate melbourne um scored 23 in their practice game um are we picking judd mcvee no, no, we're not picking Judd McVie. The midfield seems to be the only place where we have a little bit in terms of rookies to sort of pick from. I don't think that he's one that's going to make the cut for the starting side. Uh, Alwyn Davey, 117k mid forward from the Bombers. Looks good. Scored 67 in their practice game. Um, we're both locking him in, I think. Correct. Yeah, both locking him in. Looks like he could light a game on fire at any stage. And as we said, not too much choice in a forward line at the moment. Um, and now a real strong name. We're going to go strong name. Max Michellini, 135k defender from the Crows. Um, scored 38 in their practice game. Admittedly, don't know much about him. Um, we are... Spoiled with options with defender rookies. I'm not picking this man. Are you going to, James? No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, we'll move on to the Hawks. I've named Cam McKenzie, 180k mid, and Fergus Green, 123k forward. Both scored 99 and 84 in their practice game. Um, locking these two in as well? Locking those two in. I think it's... Very much a year where the mid prices and the top end guys, to be honest, are going to set our teams apart. I don't think there's any need to get fancy with the rookies, especially I'm sounding like a broken record now, but the forward line, there's not a whole lot there. Fergus looks good. Lock him in. Mackenzie, as we were talking off here before, could be a Josh Ward type 
but I think he's one to start and just hope that that doesn't happen really. Um, but yeah, he looks good. And I think benefit of the doubt, lock him into your starting teams round one, whether you start him on the field or not is a different question. I'll pose that to you actually. So not quite sure what your mid structure looks like, but if it's Mackenzie Phillips, which I imagine it is, which one are you looking to start on field? Um, Probably McKenzie. I think I have to start both, though. But we'll talk about our team structures later, James. You're just itching, aren't you? You're jumping the gun. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully these names help you out with your rookie yeah. um, decisions with your teams coming up. So Lockie Cowan, Harry Sheasel, Campbell Chesser, Ruben Ginby, Owen Davey, Cam McKenzie, Fergus Green, Will Ashcroft. Um, I didn't even say Will Ashcroft, but I'm not going to waste my breath there, Lockie, man. Um yeah, there's some confirmed debutants and lock them into your teams. We will move on. Uh, the Tigers named Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto on ball. Um, very popular selections. Are you picking them? You wanted to rant about Timmy Taranto. So here is your two minutes to go nuts. So we'll start with the easy one. Hopper, whole competition's got him, seems to be. A pretty easy pick. In terms of Taranto, I personally really like Errol Goulden and it doesn't seem to me, at least with the structure that I'm running with the four big boys plus green in the middle, that you can fit both in. And so purely for, purely on a team balance and not wanting to have that reverse pod, have gone with both, have gone with Taranto, but wary to see how he goes tonight and then how he goes going forward. Love his ability to get the ball, especially in tight, but efficiency has been a bit of a problem in the past. Sort of hoping that can rectify that a little bit. Doesn't really need to fix it up too much. Averaged, I think it was a tick over, tick under 100 around that mark last year. And that wouldn't be far off getting him in the top six forwards. So I think if he can even just bring that up to 105, he'll well and truly be well and truly be entrenched in our teams. So, yeah, to make a long story short, picking both at this stage. Nice. And whacking the VC on one of them, are you? <laughs> no, yeah, massive cock move. But, um, yeah, I, what what um, Tigers, Blues players are you starting? Because at the minute, I just have Cowan, Doherty, and then those two. Is that all you have? No, I've only got the Richmond boys. I'm not starting Cowan. And at this stage, despite him being one of my boys, I don't have the doctor. Don't have room for the doctor in my starting lineup. Gee, interesting. Can't wait to hear your little team reveal in the next few minutes. Um, now I've got eight names down as risers from um the preseason games that we just were they calling them the preseason? Yeah, yeah, preseason round one games. Um, first name here is Errol Gould, and you touched on him before. 45 touches, three goals. Um, looked like me out there in under 12s, just dominating. Uh, <laughs> 188 Supercoach points. Um, is he, he's like 472K, I think, off memory. Um, you picking him? Talk, talk to me. Well, as I touched on, I don't think you can have, and again, this is spoiling the rest of our pod structure-wise, um, both in terms of pod structure and team structure. But I don't think you can have him and Gordon if you go 
heavy everywhere else, specifically in the midfield. And so at this stage, I'm not. It's breaking my breaking my little heart not to, but yeah, it's he's for me at the moment, I was wrestling with this before. 20, what do we say? That's we'll call it 30k less than Taranto, but he's un he's unproven in season proper in terms of maintaining scoring power over a season. Obviously, CBA is probably going to increase this year. But as we've said, that game was without Callum Mills. I don't think it's going to affect him massively. I still think he gets at least 50% CBAs. And he averaged, what was it, 80-something with 10% CBAs. So I definitely think if you want to pick him, pick him. I don't think there's really a wrong pick between him and Taranto necessarily. But I think it depends more on the risk profile of your team individually. If you've gone really, really with the crowd everywhere else and you haven't got PODs, you've picked the Oliver, you've picked the Green, you've picked potentially the Doherty, it's very highly owned in defence, then it's probably somewhere where you can allocate a bit more risk up forward and fade a Taranto for a Goulden. Personally, I haven't done that. I've gone layered over... Oliver and then T Stew over Doc just for the consistency and I guess high ceiling respectively. But yeah, I think it comes out of that. I don't think there really is a bad pick between the two of them. But yeah, it's I think it's really up to, yeah, as I said, individual teams and how much risk you're willing to take. And obviously if you thoroughly like one of them more than the other one, you just want to prefer to watch them play than pick them. Yeah, sorry for the pause. I was muted. Um, good good podcasting there. Um, he is in 39% of teams, which is really getting to the scary stage if you fade him and he just becomes the man. But Callum Mills didn't play in this game, which is concerning. But I think I think I'll try getting him in. But if... Uh, it's it's just if you can get him in, I would. But if you're, you know, changing the structure to your team that you don't really like just to get him in, I wouldn't. But it's kind of that he's he's um he's he's tough. But I think I lean yes. Um, but we will move on. Uh, he I can just see him either if you pick him, he's gonna average seventy the first three weeks, and if you don't, he's gonna score. 140 each week, so it's just one of those. Um, we'll move on to Liam Jones now. Shout out the dogs. Um, 2023 flag winners, I heard, James. <laughs> 101 super coach points, 11 marks. A lot of them intercept marks, but as you said, they did play the Kangas, who I don't think anyone on that team can kick, so they were just, you know, spotting up Liam Jones. Um are you picking him? 220K, I think. I'll just quickly back check that because he is in my team. Uh, 228 to be two, specific. 228-100 if we really want to be anal about it. Yes. Yes, picking Jonesy. Uh, as I was saying to you off air, number one intercept marker in the competition in the four years before he didn't get the jab and had to sit out. So I think, at yeah, again, at that price point, he's somebody that can give you a lot of flexibility with the rest of your team and should definitely from there be making your your 150k i would have thought 
But there you go, folks. Witty is a anti-vax. <laughs> Loves Liam Jones. Lucky me. <laughs> um, we'll move on to Jordan Ridley, who I've locked in. Uh, I just really, I just love Jordan Ridley, the way he plays. Maybe I'm just impacted by Joel all the time and Frank and all of our bomber friends, I guess. Um, but he's just, he's just good at the game. And I had him, I started him two years ago. Was it two or three years ago? And he really propelled me to like a really good season because, you know, he averaged like 130 for the first six weeks and he was a pod. Um, so I really want to jump on again. I think he's only in like 8% of teams, which is nice. Um, oh, he's up to 12. Jeez, he's rising in popularity. But um, I'm locking him in with his 504K. Um, he's sitting at my D2 at the minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm locking in Ridley. What are, what are you doing? You're going with Ridley or no? So, yeah, we've got pretty much identical uh, backline structures, as I understand it at the moment, in terms of big D1 and then really D2. He's, yeah, I've jumped on the bandwagon after the, the preseason game. Worried, obviously, about the plethora of points to go around down there in that Essendon backline uh, and worried about the, the usual stuff that we were all concerned about last year, the kick-ins, Redmond obviously taking... Uh, a fair chunk of those, but it looked very good in the preseason game. And at that lower price point, again, allows for me to pick more guns in the midfield, where, again, I'm thinking the the bulk of our points are going to be scored. Um, I think the difference between him and uh, Sicily, the 120K you can use and spend that elsewhere and get more value than picking a Sicily and then picking an inferior player somewhere else no I, I, yeah 100% agree I think he'll be close to a top six defender maybe top eight defender and you get him at a really good price point so um quickly his teammate Will Setterfield I've seen him in a you know a fair few teams 119 in the practice game uh 25 touches I don't I don't love this pick um yeah what say you about Will Setterfield uh say not much to be honest, at 348 to basically 350K is horribly priced um, for a bloke that's more expensive than Hopper with mid-only status. I don't think there's really any really any reason to pick him over Hopper, to be honest, um, in terms of role, output, potential. Um, if he explodes and Hopper shits the bed in the first couple of weeks, could potentially be something to look at, but certainly not one that I'd be looking at at starting. And uh, another midfield mid-pricer, James Warple. I've seen him in a few teams, 300K, maybe a bit of a touch over, like 308 or something like that. Um, 101 points in the practice game, 30 touches. Looks like he will see a lot of CBAs in that Hawk Vaughan midfield. Um, I don't know, he just bothers me. I don't know why, but uh, I'm not picking him. <laughs> What about you, Woody? Also not picking him. He doesn't bother me as much as... Um, oh, I'll rephrase. He doesn't bother me as a, you know, as a person, as he seems to bother you. It's his kicking that bothers me. It's always been a an issue, even going back to his best and fairest year uh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, and obviously going to have more CBAs. And if he was cheaper, I think he'd be a far better option. But 
yeah, he's very awkwardly priced again, as you say, at about 310k. Um, and with Hopper being in, well, I think it's almost no exaggeration to say basically everybody's team. Uh, there's no real reason to to be picking him, I don't think, unless you're of the view that he's suddenly learnt how to kick a football in the four months, five months since we stopped playing. Um, but yeah, again, one to watch if he starts hot. Uh, obviously going to have more opportunity this year with Titch gone, but yeah, not somebody that I'm looking at starting. Nice uh, nice pot shots on James Warhol there. Love it. Um, I'm just going to clunk these next three together. And they're all these forward mid prices that I personally don't know what to do with. It's Nat Fife, who we love Nat Fife. Scored 90, kicked another three goals. Is he just going to do this every game? I don't know. But yeah, he's got this weird forward role. No CBAs. Um, 313K, really awkward. Um, and then we're going to pair him with Tanner Bruin. Uh, Cats, 311K, scored 112 in the preseason game. Look, look pretty good. Got a lot of center bounce. Um, just looks lively. And we're going to pair him with Sam Ned Flanders, 103 points in the preseason game, 30 touches. Are you starting any of these? Um, who do you like most? And who do you hate most? There you go. There's a few questions for you. Uh, I'm a pacifist, Andrew. I don't hate anybody. No, I'm a I'm an unabashed Nat Fife lover, but in terms of in terms of super coach, cannot bring myself to to pick him this year. Um, as we were saying before, the injury history just isn't great, and I don't know how sustainable him kicking three goals every week is going to be. Admittedly, does have an easy sort of first third of the season. Obviously, we don't need him to kick three goals a week every year or so for the entire year, only really until he makes us 150K. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I still haven't completely decided, but at this stage, I'm a Tanner Bruin guy in terms of in my team. Uh, role looked great. He looked great. Um, you know, it's a winning side. Um, going to be, again, not losing out on points because they're getting blown out every week. Like our mate Ned Flanders could potentially be. I don't think Gold Coast is going to get blown out every week, but they're certainly not going to lose or certainly not going to win it every week as the Cats probably more likely are. Uh, so not picking either of those two, but at this stage I'm all in on on Tanner Brune. Him and Ridley are really my... I don't even know if you can call Tanner Brune a, uh, a pod anymore. Just quickly have a... 13% ownership. I'm still I'm calling that a pod. He's my he's my boy for this season and hopefully he can skyrocket into the the top echelons of forwards or at worst case at least make us the 150 we need as a stepping stone to to somebody else. Yeah, I currently have none in my team. I've all I've bypassed them all for Harold Golden, which I don't know if I love. But it's kind of that kind of thing, I think. You either go with Golden and then you can't really get these type of players. Or you have the James Whitford experience and love Tanner Bruin. Um, but, I mean, Sam Fland is 19% of teams, Tanner Bruin 13 And that five sitting in 43% could really hurt 
are you scared of that or not really? No, definitely, definitely scared of that. Again, I've got enough. And that's another reason, like I said before, why I have gold with Taranto, even though Goulden's now up at 40% as well. Um, seems like there's more than 100% of teams in the competition this year, really, with all the the ownership stats. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely a worry, put it that way. But he, in comparison to an Elliot Yo, who it's really Jones or, or Yo, especially for me, he's a lot easier to to get to in terms of making a trade before round three starts. Um, Brune to Yo, sorry, Brune to Fife is not a big <laughs> jump at all. It's, you know, 2,200 to be exact. So it wouldn't take very much to to move up to him, um, pissing off one of the rookies who isn't performing down to down to another guy to make that make that cash that you need. But yeah, it's I guess the thing that we haven't touched on is the injury risk. Um very very real. Um as I said, I've been a Fife lover for as long as I can remember, but has had a tendency in recent years to to break down. Although whether he's already made 150k before then is sort of sort of up for debate. But I guess the deciding factor for me is I don't know if he'll be a top six forward in terms of total points scored for the year. There's a scenario where average-wise he is, but then he blows out after three weeks and then you've got to get rid of him. Whereas I'm hoping Brune will be more an F6 type, sort of ideal scenario where he averages. I think from memory... Total points-wise, Hawkins was the sixth forward last year with 95 or 96 or something. So if he can replicate anywhere near that, starting at 313K, I think you've definitely got definitely got a, a live one in your hands there. Yeah, well, you, you basically said it. Like, five needs three goals to get to 90. And it's just, like, I'm not going to say he can't do it every week because he's not five, but it's it seems very a lot harder the five to score um, the way that Bruin and Flanders can. And I don't know, I've tried Flanders in my team and it just doesn't look good. Like, I don't know if it, it just doesn't fit my side. Um, yeah, so I think let's lock in Errol Gould and Tanner Bruin are the mid-prices we like in the forward line. We love Liam Jones and Ridley. And we don't really like Warple or Setterfield. So um, let's move on, James, to... I think what everyone wants, and it's our teams, how they're looking. Um, if you don't want to reveal your secrets for the 50K, that's fine, but <laughs> I'm going to. Um, I'll let, I think I'll let the listeners know what I have at the minute. So I've got Doherty, Ridley, Liam Jones, and then rookies. So McKenna, Gimby, Wilmont, Cowan, Constable. Are you rocking a similar defence? We have uh, both. We have the exact same team, except I've got T. Stew instead of the Doctor. Yeah, I am flirting with a, like, throwing James Sisley in there. If if it was up to me, I would rank the defenders as um, Doherty, Stewart, Sisley. Um, I would pick those three as your premium defenders. Um, And then Ridley's just that real luxury pick that, is 100k cheaper that I think can match them. Um, 
you have you have Stuart first, obviously, but how do you see the Sicily Doherty Dawson Sinclair race? So I think the, to start with that, I think Sinclair is due for a bit of a regression. Um, obviously, hadn't done it at any point in his career up to that point, and then you've got Hunter Clark coming back this year, who I think could potentially eat into some of his points um, and a couple of their younger rooks coming through. That means you probably have less, although we didn't have a great deal of mid time could potentially still cut into any CBAs that he gets. Um, Dawson, I haven't really looked at. I just, I do like him. I just don't think he's on the level that the top three are. And with the way my team's structured, I can really only afford one of them anyway. I'm just, Tishu and Doc, I think it really, it's just, personal preference um i think doc potentially will start the season better while walsh isn't there and isn't taking a share of those cbas um really it's just i love teach juice and i started him last year i had the i was fortunate enough to watch him go massive on you know multiple occasions um especially when they play at gmhba i think they've got another nine games down there this year and he just goes huge there. I think he's a, a certified, we saw last year, certified VCC option when he's down there and he's fully firing. Um, yeah, I think it's like even looking at their averages from last year, it's 0.2 of a, or sorry, 0.1 of a decimal, you know, that's differentiates them. 109.6 and 109.7. So it's really just, Whoever you like watching more, if you like watching the Blues, pick Doc. If you like watching the Cats, pick T-Stew. Um, I don't think there's really... The only potential difference is ownership, but it's only 10% more. Like 32% of teams still have T-Stew in them. I don't think you're really missing out too much on uh, a reverse pod sort of scenario. But, yeah, I think it's it's personal personal preference. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Uh, Sicily, I do like, but I think it's inevitable that at some stage he's going to whack someone and miss games. And I think that's the deciding factor for me between those three, that and he's 20K more. And with the structure I have at the moment, I have exactly $800 spare. So there's no real wiggle room to move around and get him in. But yeah, I think they're clearly the three best, and you probably can't really go wrong picking any of them if that's who you'd, that's who you prefer. I think I think Sicily's grown up a little bit. I don't think he's going to hit anyone. Like this, this could be the Sicily sucking me in. I don't know, but um, I really, I think I'm going to start him. I think I've convinced myself. I I just like Sicily. I don't, I don't know why. I like, I like him too. Don't get me wrong. Um. And actually, funny I mentioned that. Didn't miss a didn't miss a game last year, so he could be he could be right. Um, but I guess we'll see. It's and as I said, it's the twenty k. To be honest, it's more than that. That's worrying me, just in the sense that it just doesn't allow me to pick the other guys then that I want to have in my side. A la Tanner Brun, really, and yeah, Tom Green. They're my so jumping forward a bit, but they're the guys that I want to have and then without picking or picking him would force me to either change one of them or change one of my premiums, which at this stage, probably not looking to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, so listeners, our optimal structure for our defense is um, two or three of uh, Doherty, Sicily, Stewart, Ridley, plus Liam Jones, and then the rookies that we have mentioned earlier in the pod. Moving on to midfield, um, I mine hasn't really changed a lot. Um, I have Laird, Bond, McRae, because I'm a dog's homer, then I'm flirting with shoving in a fourth premium plus Tom Green, Hopper, Ashcroft, McKenzie, Phillips, Baker, Chesser. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, I'm, I, Josh Kelly, Woody, we have to talk about him. He's sucking me in. Um, 580K looks to be the man in GWS. Does well when he gets the CBAs. No Leon Cameron. Um, I don't know if I try restructure my team to get him in, but that is what I'm working with. Um, before the bounce, I'm going to decide whether I go an extra premium premium up back or it is Josh Kelly in the midfield. Um, how's your midfield looking? What are you flirting with doing before the bounce? So in terms of midfield, it hasn't really changed too much. Um, McRae and Steele have been, obviously with the everyone's bottom three, Hopper, Ashcroft and McKenzie have been locked into my team pretty much since day dot. Um, did flirt with the idea of Neil over Bond, but the extra 40K has suckered me in. And then ended up going, realizing I had the money spare. And after watching uh, the D's in preseason and hearing tracks comments about them splitting the load a little bit more, uh, sort of led me to go with Laird over Clary. I think this will be the first time I don't start Clary since his breakout second year, where he jumped from about averaging 70 to about 113 and hasn't looked back. So. It's a new frontier for me. It's not one I'm particularly comfortable with, to be honest, but I think Laird is just so, so consistent, really. I was got on him early last year um, and he was just ridiculous. I think someone said earlier it was 136 in his last eight games or after the buy or whatever it was, uh, average, and that's just, you know, unheard of in Supercoach terms, really. Um, you can pretty much lock him in as a VCC every week obviously risk this week that he might get the perryman tag but um i think with his tackling he'd still be able to put out a decent enough score and you're not picking a side for for one week you're picking a side for obviously 23 23 rounds 24 this year so that's who i've gone with but um yeah i like having the four premiums plus green i think the midfield is where your points are scored. I think getting the best uh, plays in at the start is sort of the way to do it, especially with, in all likelihood, Bont getting forward status. Um, yeah, that's how I'm. That's how I'm looking. Have you got? You said you only got three, or have you got four? Uh, I have three at the minute, but I think you've convinced me. I'm going to take. I'm going to take one out of defence and bring in. I don't know if it'll be Josh Kelly because. He's broken my heart. He's like, he's like the girl that you just keep going back to, Woody. We all we've all had one before, and it's I can't do it again. I have to grow up. 
Um, but you know, it's it's whoever you like out of Laird, Oliver Neal, Took, Mills, Bond, McRae, Brayshaw, Steele, Kelly, I guess. You know, there's so many options in the midfield. Pick one or pick four, we're saying, and have fun. And then pair them with Tom Green and then your rookies, and that's how you that's how you do the midfield. Um, rack line, lock in Rowan Marshall, and then pick one of Tim English, Gone, Wits, Darcy, Grundy. End of list. Agreed. That's been a Big, big jump off the... I don't think there's even been a jump off the Gorn train. Nobody was on him in the first place. And then the Grundy train is one that people have really been off recently after his his preseason game. Um, I don't, I'm tossing up picking wits. I currently have English. But my whole thing about not picking blokes that are injury prone sort of goes against that when you pick him. Um, I... Uh, it's a money problem for me at the minute. It's a funds problem. I think I probably would start wits over English purely because of English's injury history. Obviously, he's had a little bit of a niggle this preseason, although apparently he's fine now. Um, yeah, I know you're going sexy Rowan and Tim English. What are your thoughts on, on wits here? I think he's the main consideration if you're not going with those two. Yeah, 100%. I'm, like, I'm going Tim English. He hasn't really moved from my team. Um, I'm willing to take the risk on injury. I think his ceiling is the best of the rucks. And, like, the Sean Darcy's ownership has risen so much. But I think, you know, he dominated that preseason game. But Luke Jackson didn't play. And I think people are forgetting that, maybe. Um, so I just don't like Sean Darcy when he's still 562K. Um and, you know, Luke Jackson is a really good player. Um, I think you're right in saying Jared Witts is the only one I would pivot from Team English to. It's just, you know, do you have that extra 24K? Um, Max Gorn and Grundy, if you want to go there, you can. I'm not going to, you know, um, tell you you can't. But I just think Max Gorn's a bit expensive and the the split between those two is a bit... Uh, it's a bit unknown, so I don't really want to go there. So I would rank him English with probably gone Darcy Grundy. But, yeah, I think English or Wits is where you got to go. Um, and then are you starting a loophole or are you starting a rack if they're named? So loophole at this stage, especially given the only rack appears to be Radicalia, and that's an extra 72k that you've got to dump from somewhere to somewhere else he's one that worries me a little bit in terms of missing out on him especially if he does play that intercept roll off halfback comes out and averages 85 uh in the first couple of weeks it's going to be hard to hard to ignore that especially with jack henry going down with that injury going to be out for at least i think it's eight weeks certainly long enough for him to make uh, certainly long enough for him to make our 150K, but yeah, it's loophole at this stage. I think in terms of the Darcy pick, I just want to quickly touch on that. I'm an unabashed Sean Darcy lover. Uh, I was really shattered when uh, Luke Jackson went over there, to be honest, purely from a selfish super coach perspective. Really wanted to pick him this year, but as you said, with... Luke Jackson's a gun. That's why they 
picked him. He's going to be a great player for God knows how many years to come. Um, and I think the unknown, again, it's the unknown ruck splits that are sort of giving us headaches this year. Um, you know, Gorn, Grundy, Darcy, Jackson, another one we didn't mention, Cameron and Cox. It's just staying as far away from them as possible seems to be the the port of call at the moment. And obviously there's no real consensus apart from Sexy Rowan on who to pick. And that's why the ruck ownerships are, are so sort of varied at the moment. I think it's, you know, there's no real consensus pick with the second highest non-rookie being Tim English at 18%. I think you can really go, really show some some individuality and sort of just pick who you'd, pick who you'd like to. There's risk and sort of downsides with all of them, whether they're financial, injury, scoring power, opportunity, what the split's going to be. So I think, as we said, I pretty much agree with those rankings, but if it works with your team for the extra 20K, go pick wits. If you need the extra 50K, pick Darcy. And if you can afford English and want to pick, you know, someone else with that wits money, then do that. But, yeah, it's it's a hard one, and this is where we haven't really had, as we said at the off the top, we haven't had this problem in Supercoach for a number of years now. The rucks were the set and forget, but yeah, I think it's with the ownership. I don't think it's a place that's going to lose you fifty k. Yeah, well, I think if you want to have you know intercourse with condoms on, go with Jared Witts. I don't think he'll let you down, and if you want to be a bit frisky. Go with uh, Tim English, Woody. Um, Nick Madden looks to be the loophole everyone's going with. 102K, so basement price. Has a broken foot, so probably won't play all year. And is uh, ruck forward eligible, so can swing him into the forward line, which could be handy, um, just for the listeners there. Um, forward line. Josh Dunkley, lock him in. That's where I'll start. Could be the best super coach asset as you were saying, when pick one in your draft, um, I mean, draft, super coach draft. Um, and then I think it's, this is where it gets hard because it's it's clearly Rosie, Canelio, Taranto, which are the, the players everyone seems to go with. And then you've got these mid-prices, such as Golden Five, um, Bruin, Flanders, and then you've got the expensive rookies, as in Sheasel, McLean, Philippou, and then uh, Fergus Green and Davey. I think that's who everyone is kind of picking between. But, the, you know, I listed probably, what, 12 players there, and usually it's just six that everyone's going with. Um, I currently have Dunkley, Rosie, Taranto, Goulden, and then Sheasel, McLean, Green, Davey as my forward line. Um yeah, so I think the structure to go with is three premiums, Golden, maybe a mid-pricer if you can do it, and then the rookies. Um, I'm going to throw a lot of questions at you here. How many premiums are you locking in? Um, how many mid-prices are you locking in? Are you going these expensive rookies? And what does your forward line look like? So... First two questions are a firm, I don't know. Uh, the third question, what was that again? I've missed you, your third question. 
So the first one was how many premiums, and then the second one was how many mid prices, right? And then the third yeah. one was which expensive rookies you pick in. So Sheasel, McLean, yeah, Phillip, which expensive Phillip rookies? Who. So Sheasel and Philip, who are my are my go tos. McLean had been in my side all the preseason, but after watching that that dog's game and how he was used, I'm just not not too interested anymore. Um, yeah, I think. I'd just rather have Philippou. You save the the 10K and a little bit unknown what role he's going to play with all the Saints injuries. But yeah, the role for McLean didn't look good. And so that's who I've got in the minute. But I think that is of lower or less importance than sort of your first two. And I'm still very much tinkering with my lineups at the moment. Um, yeah, at present, there are three three primos, and then the one mid-pricer being obviously Dunkley and then Roseanne Taranto, who I've gone for primo-wise, and then Tanner Broon. But as I said, uh, Goulden's one that I'm, yeah, just, I want to get him in. I just don't quite know how financially to do it uh, without getting rid of Taranto. And I think the risk profile probably just is a little bit too high uh, if we do that. And then... Hogs was somebody I was actually looking at uh, a lot more earlier in the piece uh, in terms of somebody to be my F2. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the great Italian staying? Uh, uh, that's good. Um, Canelio, I kind of, I like him. I really do, but it's I'm being a bit of a tight ass and I can't afford him. So I have to go down to Toronto. But if I had the extra 50K, it's not even a decision. Like, I would much rather Cogs. Um, but, I mean, I might I might try getting in. I might try find it. But, yeah, it was just a – I couldn't start all four of them, and one of them had to go. And you can't pick them all, James. That's that's the beauty of Supercoach. You just can't pick them all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he just had to make way for my team. But um, – yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I'll quickly run through the structure that we discussed so the listeners know what to do. Um, might timestamp this so they can just quickly go here. Um, two to three premium defenders, Liam Jones and rookies, the premiums being um, Stewart, Sicily, Doherty, Ridley. And then our midfield, four premiums we like, Green and then Hopper, rookies or Hopper Ashcroft rookies um, and then the ruck line pick two you like out of English gone Darcy oh, lock Rowan Marshall in sorry lock him in and then pick one of English gone Grundy Darcy Wits and then the forward line is um, three of Dunkley Rosie Taranto Canelio a mid price of your choice and then the rookies um Woody, you're happy with that structure that I just reeled off? That That's roughly what you're following? Roughly, yeah. I think it depends on how many primos you want in each line, really. Um, whether you want three down back, three up forward, or four in the middle. Basically, it just depends on which one of those uh, you want. You obviously can't have all of them. Um, I think it's going to be a case of either you want three up forward or down back, and four 
in the middle or three, sort of in all three, really. Um, and, yeah, just to close, VCC, who are you going with? I'm going. Dunkley into lead. Who are you going? Interesting. I actually haven't thought about Dunkley. That's I don't hate that. I don't hate that pick, though. I low-key might copy that. Uh, breaking news. But, no, I'm undecided. I'm thinking Bont into lead as of right now. The D's dogs are always tend to be very open games, uh, and it definitely will be if May and if May doesn't end up playing. Um, probably far more likely to find uh, a few more goals being scored for the dogs, and no doubt Bont will be involved in those. But yeah, I think you probably probably can't go wrong with a VC on a dock or a tea stew tonight or tomorrow, just as a bit of a free hit. And then, yeah, Laird, obviously, with the tag risk, as we talked about earlier. But then, yeah, as we said, the Ds and the and the Dogs don't really tend to tag. And so any of their boys, your McRae's, your Oliver's, your Bonts, Petrarca, if you picked him, are probably all okay options. Is there anyone sneaky that you'd consider whacking the VC or C on? Um, I was going to say West. I'm just looking at really bad teams. So West Coast, but they play North, so you can't really do anyone there. Um, maybe like a a Mills if you have him. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. This I think I really like the. Dunkley dogs premium into lead or I mean Clayton Oliver if you have him is always good. Um the Doherty Tom Stewart chat by you isn't bad. I don't mind that. Um but yeah, maybe maybe a ruck. Jared Witts against Sydney Swans tolls, like they're terrible. Um could be could be something to do if you're feeling Saucy, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to just play with a straight bat and go Dunkley or Dogs mid into Laird. But um, yeah, I don't hate the Sam Doherty, Tom Stewart, Jared Witts, Callum Mills, um, Clayton Oliver kind of kind of way to spin at it. I mean, Lockie Neal if you have him as well. But yeah, they're, they're the names I've thrown out. Um, Witty, anything else quickly? before we close off and um, scramble to make our final teams three hours out? Uh, probably just to follow up on on that. I hadn't really thought about Witsy as he hasn't spent any time in my team this year, even though I'm flirting with bringing him in, what is it now, two hours before teams come out. Uh, that's a really good haul, especially if the Swans don't name a ruck, although it could end up being... Uh, that Laddams gets names, although not that he's somebody to be, to be too worried about anyway. Um, yeah, I think you could definitely have a look at have a look at doing that um, first up, especially if he's not named and they're playing a McAndrew, who he's just going to monster, um, I think, to say the least. So could be one to have a look at, but I think we're spoiled for choice in terms of in terms of captains this week. I don't think there's a super super obvious 
pick to roll with. So I think, as you said, it's pretty much pretty much whoever you like. I would just say don't fall into the trap of picking someone in the Thursday night game. You know, you've got time. You've got loopholes. You don't have to do it. Like you just you just don't have to. I've been sucked in on oh, Thursday night. I'm sitting up. I'm watching it. First game. I'm going to whack it on Dusty or Cribs or, you know, it's just someone just to get the blood pumping. I don't know. But it never works out. Um, oh, to be fair, Dusty will score 150 tonight. Won't top 100 for the rest of the year. So if you, if you have picked him, then it might not be the worst idea. But I, broadly, I do agree with that. Yeah, don't feel, don't feel sucked into the need to to do it. It's exciting enough already. I think that we've just got footy back and got our super coach teams to pull our hair out over again. Yeah, and just be smart with your emergencies. Um, and yeah, I mean, only have. Make sure your bench is playing except for one. Like if you're doing a loophole, don't handcuff yourself into having three donuts around one because donuts come. They just they find you, Witty. Um just quickly, premiership pick. Like who's winning the flag and who's winning the brown line just before we close off. I love doing this. It's fantastic. You've absolutely yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you've absolutely thrown me under the bus. So yeah, give me a minute to think while you Tell me that Bont and the Dogs are winning. Yeah, so I think it's going to be the Dogs, and I think Bont's going to win the Brownlow. Uh, <laughs> um, Dunkley is a, is a shout, um, and I don't actually think the Dogs will win the play. Who is it going to be? The, who do you think is going to be the Pies? Oh, I, no. oh, again, we talk a lot on this pod about being influenced by external forces. And I think we probably need to stop doing that. But dad's been in my ear all preseason about how the cats are going back to back. And I think he might have a point. They seem to have only gotten, somehow they've got better over the off season. Uh, And although there's a chance they don't win tomorrow night, I do think that they are still the team to beat. Um, So yeah, Brownlow wise, I haven't given this any thought at all. Um... I'll tell you what, I'll give you a likely Harry Sheasel. Oh, I don't know if we'll... He might have more Brownlow votes than we have wins this year. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a, a boring one and a fun one, uh, even if they might both be obvious. I'll go... Tom Green. I think... Cla- no, I'll say Clary. Clary's due. He's been He's due, one yeah. of the best... One of the best players in the comp for a couple of years now. Third, I want to say, in the Brownlow last year and wasn't far behind that the year before in their premiership year. So I'll go him and then I'll go as a fun little a fun little pick, given I have already called him a Brownlow medalist, both on this pod and elsewhere. I'll go Bucks the trend. Nick Dacos breaks the tag, breaks the second year blues, leads the pies to... God knows where on the back of a Brownlow winning season. There's a headline for you. Jeez, closing the body out with that. Um, Nick I'm Dacos, still not picking him, but yeah, he he's left my Supercoach team after I was very keen on him, but he got tagged in that. I don't know we've gone back to Supercoach chat here, but we'll quickly touch on it. He's still in 30% of teams. Um, no way you're picking him, or could you see still potential of picking Nick Dacos? So I'm interested to hear that he's in 30%. That I don't look at that as a 
Oh, I don't look at that as a lot considering he was in 50%, I think it was, before. I believe we said on this pod he was in 50% of the teams before the preseason game started. So that's a pretty big, a pretty big whack, especially of those that are active enough to change their teams and not to make it once and lead it. Um the tag worries me. Well, I've got him in a draft league, and so I'll be watching him uh closely through the season. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. The second year blues are are a thing, unless your name's Clayton Ola, it appears. Um so it will be interesting to see if he can he can shake that tag, number one, and number two, whether teams actually do recognize that while he hasn't done it yet, he is a bit of a tag, not a tag risk, but somebody that can be potentially tagged out of games. We'll also be interested to see there's a lot of a lot of watching going on here. Um but I think that's probably the best way to do it. Interested to see how they respond if he is tagged, whether he's sent back to half back, whether he lets him fight out for himself, whether the other midfielders sort of get around him a bit more and try and protect him. Uh, we'll be interested to see how that plays out over the course of the season. But even if he comes out firing at 500K, he's still somebody that you can could potentially look to pick. If Ridley shits the bed first two weeks, Redmond gets all the kick-ins and Nick Dacos is averaging 120, they're basically the exact same price. I definitely don't think it's a, you know, beyond the imagination to see a pick swap happening there. But yeah, I guess we're just gonna have to have to wait and see. Yeah, great contingency plan. If uh, if the Ridley pick goes to shit, we can just go straight to Dacos okay. if he if he pairs it up. But uh, Witty, episode two in the books. Gonna get this one out literally three hours before teams and the Tigers Blues. So thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll give I don't know fortnightly, weekly updates on our rank, our teams, our trades. Um, advice if you want to take it and um, yeah so this will be a super coach special on the fantasy addicts follow the podcast on twitter and instagram um witty thanks again good luck hopefully one of us wins a 50k uh who are you picking to win tonight just quickly and then thank you i was gonna say well thanks for having me thoroughly uh appreciate it i don't know if you're, are you doing footy tipping this year don't know if you are i've got a couple of couple of footy tipping leagues around and I don't know if you do the one on ESPN tips where it tells you how many like people have picked like who. But it's something like 73% of people have picked the Tigers. And I for the life of me, I'm gonna put my this is my big call for the night. Cannot for the life of me work out why. The Blues, in my opinion, far better team. I don't quite know why they're so favoured, but I'm picking the blues tonight and I'm putting my not staking, not staking anything on it, but I think it's a it's a bit silly that they're favoured so much. Can't quite work out why, but who knows if at half time they're up by or down by ten goals, we'll call me an idiot. But gee, well there you go. Um Witty um is saying put your life savings on the blues, I think. But um yeah, we'll we'll call it off there. Thanks for joining me, Witty. Um good luck everyone with your super coach teams. Good luck this year. Um yeah, as I said before, hopefully one of us can win the 50K. Um, yeah, we might actually, it's a good idea, we might put um, put our bets out, AFL round one bets out on the Twitter, so make sure you're following at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, 
on Instagram and at the FB Addicts on Twitter, my my personal account, Andy FB Addicts on Twitter. Um, and the rest of the guys, Joel and Frank will be back this weekend with the NFL Fantasy um, Rookies pod, I think Rookie Mock Draft maybe. So, um, yeah, follow us on Spotify so you don't miss out. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Go Sam Doherty, go Jacob Popper, and go Tim Taranto tonight. So, um, yeah, thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.